Hello, Annie Trenders. Welcome to the Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by. Hello, I am Isabel, and. Hey guys, it's Jack again here. Nice to see you all. Yep, Jack has returned to us. Unfortunately, Agnes isn't feeling very well, so we've gotten our eternal not a girl member to join for place of her while she gets better so and i'm happy to be here yes and we are really happy you're back <laughs> so <laughs> without further ado the girl taku today will be about adaptations that we would like to see because there is a lot of materials out there to adapt of course there's manga but there's also light novels games visual novels actual novel series, and even as recently as last year, we had an adaptation of an ancient oral legend that's been passed down for centuries and officially written as a book of poetry at some point in the Edo period, from my understanding. Um, but I'm talking about the Heike story, in case anyone's wondering <laughs> what I'm referencing. But what I am trying to say is there's a wide range of adaptations we can look at and today we want to talk about the adaptations that we would like to see in regards to an anime series and an anime format. So this week it was supposed to be Agnes who leads uh, the conversation as in she goes first to talk about her two picks for the topic. But since Agnes is not here and Jack is here instead, Jack, you are going to go first this time, oh which God. I actually think you've gone first every <laughs> single time you've been on. Yes, <laughs> so, yes I have. Um, I absolutely have. <laughs> Jack, it is your turn. So uh, go oh, ahead man. and let us know, you know, what are two adaptations <laughs> or anime adaptations that you would really like to see? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, it's time for me to rant for like 20 minutes about this is going to surprise absolutely nobody. But my picks are Yuri. Who would have guessed? Everyone would have guessed that. Thank you. So, but surprisingly though, I don't actually have a video game to offer. You know, I was racking my head for one because I was like, Gracie thinks she knows what I'm going to pick. Let me see if I know a video game to pick. Um, we deserved a Tales of Bracera adaptation. I will say that. We deserved that one, but we didn't get it. Um, so whatever, I just went with books. So, because I couldn't pick that easily, I'm going to do rapid fire honorable mentions. I know you're going to hate this, but, you know, bear with me. If we had a slice of life that I want, I want two slice of life manga. That would be school girl, school girl, ah, school zone girls. This is why I can't do rapid fire. School zone girls or Futari Bea, a room for two. If it was drama, I would have gone with Asumi Chan is interest, interested in lesbian brothels and a monster one. What? <laughs> it's a really good one. Trust me, it's really good. And then if I could do manhwa, because why not? I would do what should I do if I've signed a marriage contract with the Elven Princess? And my food, look, food looks very cute. I tried to do rapid fire. Apparently, I can't talk very well. Whatever. Those are my lists for things that I would also like. <sighs> that over with. Is it wrong for me to suggest an isekai? Are you mad at me that I'm going to suggest an isekai, Gracie? No. No, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, I'm suggesting an isekai. I thought you would be against it. So, um, it would be I'm in love with the villainess. I don't. I knew it. That was my guess. There it okay, is. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was. I was just like, is it going to be that one? I should have said a uh, magical revolution. It would have thrown you for a loop. But yeah. <laughs> obviously, I just feel really pleased because I'm like, I, I'm like, if Jack doesn't pick that one, I might have just like lost something in life. So okay, you would have just continue. like turned off the recording and just been like. I'm done with this. I'm done with girl Yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, goodbye, everyone. This episode's done. <laughs> okay, but yes, I know about mm -hmm. that one, but why don't you explain the yes, premise? Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, and Gracie knows this because I have yelled in her DMs many a times about how much I really like this one. Um, so I'm in love with The Villainous. It is originally a web novel that was then adapted into a light novel, which is also in English if you wanted to read it. And then that light novel has been adapted into a manga. So TLDR, uh, the main character, Ray, she gets isekai'd into her favorite romance sim, Revolution, and she's obsessed with the vill villainous Claire. So instead of wanting to date the very pretty boys in this romance sim, she wants to date the very mean woman. 
So uh, Claire is a, you know, like classic pampered princess, Sundere villainess, and she bullies Ray constantly, but Ray's like really into it, like really into it. Um, so yeah, like I think it would be a really good anime because the like tone is overall comedic and slice life. But importantly, when we're in Ray's head, we, we get that really deep and human feeling of the you know, thought processes that she goes through. So I would absolutely love to experience like the relatable monologues that she goes through and the conversations that she has with other characters about her queerness. And honestly, I think that the manga has been like adjusting really well from the fun but bloated uh, web novel. And if you've read the story before, I'm not going to count the web novel's very weird continuation as part of this desire for adaptation. Um, but more importantly, there's like the sudden shift in tone and setting where that school life turns into like a military drama. And it's a very cool shift, but it's a very slow paced shift. Um, and the military drama just kind of drags on a little too much. But I think in an anime format, if you wrote it and adapted it well, and the manga seems to be, you know, adapting it well, then I think that you could really tighten up the story even better than it, and then breathe life into those fun characters, the really great art, and kind of a finally more enjoyable take on Isekai. I don't like Isekai very much, but this one's a really fun one. And um, I guess, like, since it's a fantasy story, the anime has, like, a lot of opportunities to showcase magic and magical effects and, like, and, like your classic monstrous creatures um, and, more, and most importantly, an ador a adorable slime daughter. And no one will know what that means until you see it. And, like, the, the best part would be, like, really cool and badass takedowns by our main characters because... Our main characters, Ray and Claire, they're ridiculously powerful ones. So, you know, I want to see them duel each other in really tense matches or, like, see them work in perfect sync to save the Academy and each other. And I want that banter because one of my favorite things about the story is that character banter. They would have, I don't know, like, if you had the right voice actors to just pin down that, like, really awkward obsessiveness of, of Ray and then that Sundere feeling of Claire, like... I don't know, like that that banter, I can just imagine it. It would be so good in an anime format. So yeah, as Gracie assumed, my first pick would go to I'm in love with the villainess. No one's surprised. It's a really good one. Out of curiosity, did you have any like voice actresses you would like to hear for the main characters in mind since you mentioned, uh, you know, the bantering and the voices? I don't have any particularly in mind. Um... I don't know, like, I, I really like Ayaneru. If I could have her be Claire, that'd be amazing. I don't know if that would fit well, um, but I think she would be a really fun voice actress to have somewhere in that uh, series. But I, I didn't have anyone in particular when I was uh, making that point. You just want to hear it is all it is, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, it's just like, give me the characters. That's all I want. Like, please. <laughs> I didn't actually know, despite, like, how much you've ranted to me about it. Like, I didn't know there were actual, like, fight sequences and, like, magic mm -hmm. sequences and stuff like that. I always had, like, more of a comedic <laughs> slice of life feel. So, I, I, so when you were saying, like, oh, like, the animation would be really great when you can see them use their magic and stuff. I'm like, oh, there's magic. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that's probably yeah, because and then you said I, it was, oh. like, a military drama, yeah. so... So that's probably because the what I ranted to Gracie about was the slice of life. Like, that's my fault. That's my bad for not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly what Isabel said. It does turn into like a military drama, which sounds very weird. It is kind of a weird tone shift, but I, I do like how it progresses. And yes, there's like a lot of, there's actually a lot of action. Um, and I think the manga, like the manga artist does a really nice job of illustrating just how like powerful these characters are. And like, it's a pretty normal standard fantasy world, but it's, I don't know, it just looks really great, too. Well, I would definitely look forward to seeing that, and I definitely would watch it, that much is certain. So, uh, not just because you've talked about it so often, but also because I've seen, like, covers of the light novel, and I'm like, oh, this looks really pretty on the covers, and so yeah. I totally would check it out, if nothing else. It's very cute, yeah. If that's your first pick, which I did guess, I have no idea what your second pick is. So please enlighten us. <laughs> definitely, definitely. This one I did mention before, I'm pretty sure, on one of our previous uh, podcast episodes. But my second request is a little bit more general, but I will go into a specific series. Um, my second request, give me more Office Lady Yuri. Like, specifically, 
I want older women, even though in Yuri, when you say older office lady, it's, they're only like 25. <laughs> For some reason, office lady, when they're older, it means 25, but it's okay. Like, they're older than the usual high school Yuri, I guess. Anyway, specifically, I beg thee for donuts under a crescent moon. It's really good. Um, yes! You, okay, yes, okay. It's Go good. On. I mentioned that before. Um, but if you want more like soft things, um, then I wouldn't mind seeing something like If We Leave on the Dot by Inui Ayu. That one would be nice too. It's also soft. It's also um, office workers. But, you know, for me, no other Yuri manga in a hot minute has made me feel like we were in Bloom Into You territory until Donuts. Like, which, as an aside, I keep doing asides, Yagakimi S2 would be really nice. That would be wonderful. But anyway, we're talking about Donuts. Um, so Donuts Under Crescent Moon. It's about a, it's about a Hinako, who is a working woman. She feels completely unfulfilled in her life. She wants better relationships, better time at work, a better life. And she, like most importantly, desperately wants to become something quote-unquote normal. She wants to become a normal person in the eyes of society, and she sees this by falling in love with a man. Like, that is her number one understanding of what it means to be a normal woman in society. However, as you might guess where this is going, her her senior co-worker, who is a cool and reliable, like, senpai at work, she doesn't let the opinions of others get to her. So she ends up comforting Hinako during a particularly bad night, and, you know, soon enough, Hinako finds herself falling in love with Asahi. This would be a really good slow burn anime. If you like your romantic slow burns, you'd probably love this story as much as I do. I love some, I love being some slow burns. Um, the art's so beautiful, so I can imagine in the anime, you know, like using the manga soft art style and then like using the imagery of like donuts and moons and like all of these things to really set the mood for a gentle and fun and yet it's a really heartbreaking series so i'm just like i want to be part of that ride um and honestly similar to ray of villainous like hinako also struggles struggles with internalized homophobia so like that that's something that truly scares her she doesn't have she doesn't ever like say the words internalized homophobia but you you feel that like you can understand what she's struggling with so i think that whatever VA you put, I didn't think of one for this either, but the VA you could put could do an amazing job nailing the subtleties of like Hinako forcing a smile at work because her boss says that's what women should do and she's internally berating herself for not doing that. Or like the different tones that Asahi uses with various characters. Like she has a younger sister, she's much softer with her younger sister, but at work she's very stoic, very serious, and then, you know, as things develop, She's a little gentler with Hinako. Like, those types of vocal subtleties that you don't necessarily read in manga, I think the anime could do a really great job adapting that. Um, and, I don't know, just story-wise, I love, I love these characters so much. There's, like, a really big emotional barrier between the two of them for various reasons. And I think it would just be a lot of fun to experience that slow burn of them breaking that barrier and becoming vulnerable and honest with themselves and with each other. You know, like, as a, as a romance should. And then it, it kind of, like, ties into how if you sit down for an anime, you're kind of locked into whatever the writer and director and the whole team how wants you to experience it. Like, for me, if I read a manga, I can quickly scan a page and just kind of get the idea of what's happening. And then I can, like, go back and then read it more, more carefully. Like, I spoil myself with suspense a lot um, by doing that just because I read really fast. But if I'm, like, sitting down to watch an anime, I'm locked into that pacing. And I think that that's where, you know, romance anime really shines. By making you go at the writer's pace or the director's pace. And, you know, like, if if a writing team or a directional team wants to take a match and just burn donuts really, really, really slow, then I am all for that. Like, that would be one of the most enjoyable rides for me, I think. And, you know, if we don't get Bloom Into You Season 2 anytime soon, <laughs> then I'll take Donuts Under a Crescent Moon as my consolation prize. And, yeah, that's, a, that's my second one. And I love that series so much. Highly recommend you read it. Highly re- recommend her other work, which is um, Trying Out Marriage with My Best Friend. They're both really good stories. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd take either of them for an anime adaptation. I've said this before, but I really do adore the title. Like, you know, um, Donuts and Crescent Moons, like, it just, that's just really cute. And I think it really yeah. pops out 
just as a title of a story. So that's my opinion, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it definitely does. And, excuse me, um, definitely, like, says exactly what the story is about. Like, one of the main imagery aspects of the story is that kind of inability to feel normal with Hinako's side. And one of the main feelings they use is feeling empty, as though you are the whole of a donut, like... They, they use that imagery and reference a lot where it's like, oh, and there's nothing, yes, and there's nothing to yeah, be made whole in the okay. middle. That's what I mean. Yeah. So that's part of it. And then obviously the moon part, they can easily mm-hmm. use the, the I like you um, phrasing, mm-hmm. which they did do <laughs> later on in the series, as one would expect. But yeah, like it's, it's just such a gentle and thoughtfully written story that I think it would, um, you know, it would translate really well into an animation. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like a bit more slice of lifey, or I guess what I'm trying to say is drama based uh, stories like, you know, this one, it, where it's really dependent on the relationships with the characters and the pacing goes a little slower. Um, right. It really depends on atmosphere. And that's something that the anime and anime is able to draw out versus a manga, which is very still form. Because at least from my experience, there's something more magical watching an animated series for like a drama-based story than it is Definitely, for yeah. reading it. Because of the, just the soundtrack makes you immediately immersed. And then the art, when it's colorful, you just feel more drawn in. At least that's just my experience. So I feel like this would be a really good fit for an animated series just for mm-hmm. that reason alone. So, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the... Manga definitely has a lot of slice of life and very feelsy elements to it. And yet when it does get to those really dramatic and like sort of introspective moments, I can definitely like kind of like take a panel and then look at it and be like, there'd be a really sad piano track going on behind this. Like it would either be silence or a really sad piano track. Like you can really <laughs> feel the, <laughs> exactly. Like you can kind of feel where that tension would fall. And I don't know, it would just, ugh, if you had all the right pieces together for, an adaptation of this one, I would probably cry at the end of it. The manga's not even done, and I probably will cry at the end of the manga. <laughs> oh, the manga's not done? I thought it was it done. <laughs> well, I'm... Actually, it might be done, but I'm just not caught up with it, but I'm pretty sure it's not done. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, okay. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know why it was complete in my head, so... <laughs> I want it to be complete in my head. It's, 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 a, it's a wild ride. It's really wonderful. Um, and again, I keep making the reference to Bloom Into You, but the reason why the characters really feel so real is because a lot of the issues come from internal reasons. Like, it's it's all about character growth. It's character-driven. Mm-hmm. So if you like these characters or if you relate to their experiences, then it's definitely going to, like, hit you with a really strong gut punch when the, like internalized homophobia dialogues come up or those types of monologues when that kind of stuff comes up it's going to be like oops your head hurts a lot because you're about to cry right now like that's kind of what it feels like for me reading it because i can relate Mm. on many levels with uh this series makes sense well thank you for sharing those two with us and (laughs) actually what's funny is what your second choice is with donuts and crescent moons it's kind of similar to one of my choice, so I'm just going to go oh lead God. in right into it because I think it's really similar. But I'm on the other side of the spectrum, as in it's not between a lesbian couple, but it's actually between a gay couple. So um, yes, I would love to see an anime adaptation of What Did You Eat Yesterday? Have any of you two heard of this manga before? I have not. Either. I have not. Okay. So this is an award-winning manga. It legitimately got widespread critical acclaim across the world. And basically, it is about two uh, men uh, who are in a gay couple. They Who are a gay couple. They've been in a relationship for a while. They're middle-aged. And it just follows their life and with food at the center of it. So one of them, and I think it was, oh gosh, who, who was the one who likes to... Uh, cook shiro so shiro's the one who does most of the cooking in um in their relationship he just he has a thing for food he really likes to study food he really likes to cook food and explore different dishes and so what happens is the the chapters are just so well done which is the two of them come home and shiro has prepared something and he will give an introduction on the dish that he created but then 
So now you get the title of what did you eat yesterday? Because, you know, it's about food. But then they sit down for dinner. And during his little explanation of, you know, what this dish is and why he wanted to cook it, it slowly delves into what happened between the two of them during the day. You know, what did Shiro do? And what did the other guy do? And, you know, what sort of people did they run into? And, you know, what is their work life like? And stuff like that. And it's just done in such a good way because as we already know food is pretty significant in anime and um you know we had an entire episode dedicated to anime food and it's and in this case the food that um shiro cooks for every single meal has a direct tie to the theme of that particular chapter whether it's related to some kind of cultural aspect of like the place it comes from whether it represents something deeper, like sometimes desserts uh, stem from like a legend about, you know, a myth or a legend about deities who are in love and torn apart and, you know, and how that ties into, you know, what these two are going through and stuff like that. And it's lighthearted and it has workplace humor, but it does also cover um, LGBTQ rights in Japan specifically and how this gay couple is who have been in a devoted relationship and would 100% be married if they were legally allowed to be live their life in a society where their uh, relationship legally is very much still not allowed. And so it's just so wonderful. Like the manga is just so subtle and beautiful. And it got, and like I said, it got world, like universal acclaim for a reason. It won so many manga awards. And then Japan actually did adapt a live action series of it. And the live action series got really, really good reviews as well. And actually, there's been a pretty direct correlation where after the live action series, government officials are starting to roll back a bit on, you know, anti-LGBTQ stuff. And I know there are certain provinces that are now starting to debate and consider, you know, allowing marriage licenses for gay couples and lesbian couples. And it also brought a lot of, like, light to just the general populace of, you know, the fact that, because, and this might sound old-fashioned because, you know, we've moved, where we've, been able to move past this stage in the West, but this story has been really credited by groups to say, like, to show that, hey, we are just two people who are in a devoted relationship who want to be together. Like, what is so wrong with that? Which is not something which, you know, sounds weird as, you know, people growing up in the U.S. where we're like, yeah, of course we are because we've already managed to reach past that stage. But we have to remember that at one point in the U.S., they didn't see it that way either. Like, they didn't see, like, these couples as just normal people who came home and cooked dinner and talked about how their day were. They imagined really, really weird and wild and, you know, just other stuff, you know? And so, um, and this this story has been really credited to helping the general populace realize that. And I just think, and I know that the live action series already did a really good job, and I'm not trying to say that an anime would do it better. In fact, I'm not trying to say that at all. But I think that it would really help for an anime to for an anime to happen just for the larger LGBTQ anime community. Like, do you know what I mean? Because it's right, not yeah. likely that we, um, you know, you know, that people who watch anime are going to check out the live action version. They're more likely to watch the anime itself. And I think it's really important to have these sort of stories animated because just this season with uh, Sas- Sasaki and Miyano, which is like just this really it just started, but it's just this really cute love story between two boys in high school. I When I tweet about it and I tweet like the cute screenshots, I see people in the retweets going, I've never been interested in watching like a BL or a Yaoi anime before, but this looks really cute. Like, I, I think I'm going to try it out. And I see other people being like, I think this looks really cute. And, you know, I, I think I should actually, you know, try it for the first time and stuff like that. And I'm like, see, this is why these sort of stories are important, you know, because it's only through this are people willing to widen their, uh, like broaden their view on things. And I think that with such a well-written story as What Did You Eat Yesterday, it would just be perfect. And on top of that, with such an emphasis on food, like, we know that anime is excellent at making food look delicious. 
And this whole story has food at the center of it all. So I'm like, it would be perfect, you know? So It's just perfect food porn for you then, huh? Yes, yes. Like, just the food <laughs> porn, if nothing else. Like, come on, guys. So I would really, really, really like to see this animated. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be really easy to because... First of all, they're adults, which, you know, and this kind of pertains to, um, you know, what you were the other one that you were talking about, uh, the one that you just talked about, Donut and Crescent Moons. Anime doesn't really uh, focus on stories with adults at the center. And so that, you know, because they like to focus more on teenagers. And so that already, like, makes it a little more difficult for this to be animated. But I just, I would just like to see it. And I think it would be really important. And I think it could do a lot of good to have it animated in the same way that the live action series has done a lot of good for people who watch live action dramas and stuff like that. So that is my (laughs) first pick. (laughs) I I do have one question about it. Yes. Yeah. So is it like episodic, like each, um, or not episodic, chapter episodic? Is it like chapter episodic where... Each chapter is kind of like its own contained thing based around a dish, or is it like more of an overarching storyline? Because I feel like that could do a lot in terms of adapting it to an anime, right? Like if it's going to be episodic in a way where it's like each episode's a meal, like I feel like that would, you know, it changes the tone and format of what you describe the story as. So it is chapter sodic or episodic, as you said. Um, Each chapter does have a focus (laughs) on a particular meal. I liken it to sort of the formula for uh, Natsume's Book of Friends. Do you know about that or have you read that or seen that? (laughs) I have not, but I I believe you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, What about you, Isabel? You've seen Natsume's Book of Friends, right? No? Yes? No? Yeah, just a little. I know the premise of it. I haven't watched it, like, seriously, but I do know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So that one is, like, a situation where all, like, every single episode or every single chapter, because the manga is the same way, has, like, its own separate story, so it's episodic. But there's still an overarching theme and storyline that's sort of threaded across all the episodes, so that's the best way for me to put it. There's an overarching theme that's keeping all the separate stories, like, you know, threaded together, but you can also read them slash watch them separately to get its own story. Yeah. (laughs) So that's my first one. Uh, My second one that I would really like to see as an anime is called Perfect World. It's a, I believe it's a shoujo or might not, it might actually be for a Jose. I'm not entirely sure, but Essentially, the premise of Perfect World is that this girl, she has she has basically like come into communication with a guy that she used to know in high school. But to her surprise, um, her classmate is now in a wheelchair and he was perfectly healthy back when she had known him. And they, they weren't super close friends, but, you know, they were friends, you know, like classmate friends sort of this relationship. And so it's and so basically, as you probably guessed, it's a love story between the two where she meets him now, but he is officially disabled and he's in a wheelchair and um, and it follows sort of their love story and, you know, getting into a relationship with each other. This story I would really, really like to see animated because I've I haven't. I've read the manga, and this one also have a live-action movie. So I don't know if any of you guys noticed, but, like, these sort of, like, shoujo-esque stories have largely not been adapted to anime anymore, and they're getting, like, sort of the live-action treatment instead. So this one also have a live-action. But essentially, this manga is really not... It's not just romantic, but it's also really heartbreaking in the best ways because I know someone had one of the reviewers for the manga I think really put it best which is the fact that some of the chapters are really really hard because they this story despite it being a romance does not shy away from how Japanese society really works against disabled people and make things difficult for them and it also uh, and it also focuses on how you know being in a relationship with someone who's disabled 
has extra things that you have to consider for them simply because the society around you does not. And so you have to make that effort. And it's really difficult sometimes. And the story just does not shy away from showing those parts, those really, really ugly and very hard parts at times. And while at the same time crafting a really romantic and healthy relationship between the two, like you really believe they, they absolutely do fall in love and you absolutely do believe that. Um, and they go through rough spots that will make you cry because it's it, sometimes it's just that life is super unfair because people are terrible and they won't learn to be empathetic and more understanding to situations. And you get caught up in it because of other people's of other people's like faults and stuff like that. And so as a whole, it's so it's just like a really great story and it's another award-winning manga which yes, I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of picky award-winning source materials, but please like I'm like I've had such a good track record with watching anime adaptations of award-winning source materials except Blue Period. Um we do not talk about Blue Period or I mean, you guys have already read my reviews for it, so you <laughs> so you know how I felt about that, but um, most of the award-winning source materials have gotten very good adaptations and they mm. just like reel me in. And so I'm like, this is another one that I think would be really great to have and really important. And I just, yeah, I, and I just, I just kind of want my shoujo stories back in anime, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. Yeah. I think I remember you telling me about this one when I was ranting to you about Josie and you were just like, I think this one did it better. And I was like, you're right. It probably did. But yeah, I remember you mentioning this one before. Yes, yes, I did. Right, yeah. Yeah, because you, I, I would be really curious to hear on your thoughts about it if it ever gets animated or if you want to read the manga, you can feel free to. I Because I know that you've also had personal experiences with people right, with disabilities. Yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. And so I know, like, you would definitely have an insight that I would not have, you know, reading this, even though it touched me and, like, (laughs) it's taught a lot of things to me about, like, what Japanese culture is like. I think it's still different with someone who has actual experience of it. So, um, Mm -hmm. so I'm yeah, so I would be really curious to see, like, (laughs) what your thoughts are on it. But I know you haven't read it, so I'm not going to be like, so what do you think? (laughs) Also, this isn't the podcast for that. Maybe that's a different podcast. (laughs) Yes. Isabel, have you heard of this one at all? Or yeah, actually, my sister recommended uh, reading this because she loves uh, shoujo manga. So she, whenever I go to her, I always ask, "Is this good?" Like I literally show her a picture of a just a picture I sh- I see on the internet, and she's like, "I know what that is." So uh, <laughs> I trusted her judgment when uh, she told me to read it, and I thought it was really interesting too. I thought it was a really good concept in the sense you don't really see interabled couples that much in the real world. So seeing that depicted in manga and then not only that, kind of like the struggles um, that the characters go through, especially Mm -hmm. the girl kind of, she has her life planned out without even ever thinking of the guy again from high school or whenever she had her crush. But then seeing him again made her feel sorry, but she's also struggling with the fact that, you know, he's disabled. I kind of imagine my life with someone who is kind of like me and is abled and stuff like that. But, you know, you can't really change your feelings. And... The fact that you know he you know, he didn't deserve what happened to him either, so I just felt that as a really really sweet story and how they kind of work together in the relationship, and how you know he might feel bad too. So mm-hmm. actually, hearing you describe it already makes me feel like feel a lot of things because um, because of like what Gracie said, it's there's something that's very personal to me that I, I can relate to with that. So I'm just like, oh god, this if I read this, you're gonna make me cry like immediately. I think. <laughs> Oh, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a softie and everyone knows this. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That already sounds like it would be a great anime adaptation. It would would probably make me ugly cry, like uh, a place further than the universe made me ugly cry. That was was disgusting. It was wonderful. Well, I'm glad that you don't (laughs) have to yet. (laughs) Yet. Yet. Um, Okay, so Isabel, you've read the whole thing then, right? Or are you like in the middle of reading it? Because I know it ended just last year. Yeah, I definitely read it before it ended, so I don't really remember. I have to go back. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, but you would you want to see it as an anime then since you have read it? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like something that was similar was Orange that kind of 
takes on uh, yeah mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. i'm hoping something like this will be animated as well because i feel like if orange can do it then you know this can happen too right mm-hmm. exactly okay yes Yay! we're on the same page on that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i got all giddy in that moment all righty oh sorry what did you say jack i missed it oh, i was like one of you has to i was just ranting here about yuri and then i was just like yeah we gotta get somebody else excited today <laughs> <laughs> Well, I am, I, I mean, like I said, I've heard really good things about both of them, even though I haven't read any of those source materials. So <laughs> I would be totally down for both of those animated as well, like without question. So, uh, yeah, all absolutely. right. So I've gone now and Jack's gone now. So it's your turn, Isabel. Uh, what are two Ooh. source materials that you would really love to see adapted as an anime series? So the first one I have actually going along with the food theme, I guess I actually chose one uh, light novel. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or read it at all. It's the Combat ba- uh, Baker and Automatron Waitress. No um, idea, I, but the I title sounds is. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's actually an interesting premise. I read this probably three three years ago or something um and i thought i think it's a great light novel on it's basically about this person a military person who's um his name is lud and he used to be in the military and he used to fight and but all of that is over the war is over so he decides to move to this rural town and he decides to open up a bakery but nobody wants to go to his bakery because he's really scary looking. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so he, he actually, his bread is actually good. So I think some of his neighbors kind of know that, oh yeah, your bread is good. But you look at his store, it's kind of empty. No one's there. That's so sad. To attract customers. This guy's trying like, oh, his no. best. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad, really, because he really wants to make it work, and he just wants to find, you know, another purpose other than fighting, because that's all he knew what to do. So he wants to pursue his passion. And then, so his last effort to try to make his bakery come to life is that he puts up ads. Anyone wants to become a waitress at my bakery, right? And uh, this girl uh, named Sven who's really pretty, she has silver hair, she's like red-eyed, and she is very, very cheerful. So she is a perfect addition to his bakery. And she basically helps attract customers, and um, they basically build kind of like a life together around the bakery and meet people in the town and stuff like that. So I think it's a really cute story overall because, you know, it doesn't really focus on the food-making aspect or how to bake bread, I feel like, but I kind of kind of like that era of post-war relationships and how you know Lud is going back into society and interacting with people because obviously he doesn't really know how to interact with them or smile really or maybe it's probably because his smile is really scary is his smile really that scary (laughs) yeah like what does what does this guy look like how does he feel he feels you know he's like I feel that the feeling I get is from just from like the pictures and stuff and the way that he stands is very, you know, he's a very macho type of guy <laughs> and he has a scar on his face. So that kind of drives people away. Um, oh, <laughs> I want to see him wear an apron. Does he wear an apron? I think he does. Hold on. Yes. Yes. yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's like some house husband vibes, but like probably even more macho than that, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see a picture of this. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I can definitely share a picture. So like, yeah, he's there. And then, you know, there are other town members as well. It's, play- you know, taking place in the different type of town where, they, you know, there's an orphanage and there's a war o- orphan. So there's a lot of like elements of what happens after war and all these people. So mm, mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah, because I think that is something not a lot of people think about is because obviously there's a lot of stories about war and during war because that's really action oriented. There's a lot of adrenaline and it really is a big deal when there is a war, but people don't really think about post-war. And so that having like a post-war era with this like guy who is trying his best (laughs) as a baker I feel like that does sound really cute and wonderful. So (laughs) 
yeah and the other thing about that is like i feel like it's a little backwards so it's kind of how it's, it has like 10 volumes as of right now okay and the first few kind of focus on you know him and his bakery and things like that and then you kind of re- slowly realize you know what the past is like and how there are also some political aspects to it that are still there so he's kind of sometimes he's dragged into these fights again to kind of like working out his memory oh and there's actually uh-huh. a past between him and his seemingly waitress that just came by and it's very delightful or really um, so there's just a little really bit of mystery in there yes there's a little mystery as to their relationship actual relationship so i feel like that's something that a lot of readers want are curious about to, to figure out in the later volumes as well you are doing such a good job of selling this light novel series to us like <laughs> i am intrigued <laughs> I also just yeah, me too. What the author, heck? <laughs> author's story on this because after reading it, I had to go watch the interview that the author did with the anime man, mm-hmm. and I thought it was so interesting because he based the author so S O W that's his um, pen name, I guess. He went from basically being unemployed to being employed in maybe like under a year writing light novels because he he's also a fan of light novels and manga and he he wrote so like he was unemployed so he didn't know what else to do he's like well writing is free so let me try writing and so he wrote a bunch of novels he wrote about 17 i think novels wow can you do that gracie come on competition no obviously not (laughs) i'm struggling to just get through my current rewrite thank you very much jack (laughs) you're welcome okay but okay so he wrote 17 novels holy crap okay continue <laughs> yeah so he wrote, wrote like 17 he sent them all to all these publishers and competitions and you know tried to get them all published but he only debuted on his and this was the second novel he wrote this the combat baker one and he's That's like pretty kind good. of wasted time on the other ones <laughs> <laughs> what a realistic man <laughs> i was like but also i'm like for a second novel like that's pretty good <laughs> Yeah, so that just kind of made me think, oh, maybe your first few ideas are the best and then you kind of should just work on those because, you know, those are the ones that maybe (laughs) you're more, uh, you know, tied to or have um, attachments to compared to the Is that also a dig at Gracie? Because I appreciate that. that, It feels like a dig at me. (laughs) I felt like she digged at me. (laughs) Dug, dug at me. (laughs) Dig it at me. Because uh, thank you, Isabel. I have ten other novel ideas still listed here. So, and we will, uh, you know, promote every single one of them if it ever oh, yes. gets published. Sorry, when it gets published. If, if uh, the word is if, not when, sh- Jack. We're if say when. we're gonna say when, we're gonna use when here, boys. <laughs> boys, he says to all the girls. Mm-hmm. It's, boy, it's, it's, it's boys spelled like B O I S. It's it's clearly oh. neutral. I see. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hit us with your second one, Isabel. Oh, yeah. Second one. Uh, so I personally would like to see, because we've seen manhwas uh, or, or Korean uh, webtoons being adapted, such as yeah. like Tower of God and God of High School. So I personally want to see romance series or kind of like a shoujo series. Okay. So yeah. I chose one that I really like. It's called Super Secret. It's on webtoon. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very for short series, I would say. It's also complete, so it's oh it's wow, your traditional manga. It's kind of like a four coma, so it's very the stories are very short. But I think it's super cute because it's about these two college students, I would say. Uh, one girl is named Emma, and then the other guy is named Ryan. There, it's kind of like the typical story of your next door neighbor. So they basically live across from each other and can speak from their windows. Yeah, they live right next to each other, and Ryan is like a doting mom over Emma, and it's very obvious that he likes her, but she doesn't really realize that, and she's kind of clumsy and forgets things. So I just, throughout the series, it's so funny to see Ryan kind of take care of her and do things for her, and she just doesn't realize what the heck she's doing. And um, and the other thing is that Ryan can't really tell her who he really is, because he's actually a wolf. He's a werewolf? Yes, he is. <laughs> I was like, Did this you... sounds a little too normal right now. I was waiting right. for something. That's not what I was expecting, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, he's a giant wolf, 
and Emma has seen him a t- couple of times, but she doesn't really understand or forgets. Is she just thinks, "Oh, I think I saw something, but I don't She's really okay, know what I saw." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ryan's trying to keep that a secret from her, but little does she know that actually it's not only Ryan, but his whole family is different in the fact that he has a sister who's a witch, a sister who is the nine-tailed fox. <gasps> and his dad is like Frankenstein or something, and his mom is, I feel like, a fairy. So they're all very different. I love this family! <laughs> <laughs> You're selling this on Gracie really hard, too. Yeah, so his family is just very different, and, you know, Emma's kind of like trapped in this place where she doesn't realize that she's actually interacting with all these people. And, uh, I, and then I think the funniest part, the first arc is really where she kind of gets, uh, she starts dating another, I think of another werewolf too. And what? Does, is yeah. she just attracting like supernaturals <laughs> without knowing? <laughs> like, exactly. I feel like that's her ability. Is she like, human? She attracts people. She is human. She's fully human. That's, that's okay. what makes this story funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because all these things happen to her. And it's funny because when she goes to meet, you know, uh, the person she's dating versus Ryan, uh, they actually have, they can smell each other scent on her oh gosh so oh they're God. like why do you stink and emma's like i don't stink and she buys perfume and stuff because she doesn't <laughs> want to stink so it's very cute of how they interact with her but yeah not only that like other classmates who are also humans kind of get involved with ryan's family and it's interesting to see how they try to you know work out their relationships and also ryan's family trying to keep a secret you know trying to make sure that no one knows who they are what they do I'm trying to think of another sequence where... Oh yeah, there's another scene I really like where Ryan just... He's so worried about Emma all the time that um, she he asks his sister, who's a witch, Hey, let me see your crystal ball so I can spy <laughs> on Emma. Because <laughs> I want to know what she's doing. So I think... Does yeah, it work? Instances. It does work, but there's also funny... It's, it's also comedic in the sense that the crystal ball yeah. pops up with um, with GPS. What? <laughs> and yeah, and Ryan's like, why why does it look like this? And his sister's just like, I think I just said it to aerial view, so it just looks like this for now. <laughs> oh my god. I love these little things. Like it's just like these little little things of um in like a world where it's like of magic or like fantasy or in this case supernatural but it's really realistic it's like yeah you would use a put a gps in a magic orb that makes sense so. yeah so yeah i would just like to really see this animated um even if it's a short i could even see see it being maybe like one of those five minute animes kind of like psyche just having that short version because of how the manga or the webtoon is really short as well but i just really want to see these characters speak and kind of like poof into the air or something like that or, <laughs> you know ryan in his werewolf form i just want to see all that i think it'll be really yeah i'm like do we get to see like him transform that would be a really cool animation sequence so <laughs> no yeah there's a couple times where he tries he transforms and then he's like shedding hair because he's freaking out and even his sisters can't take the fact that he's shedding in his room oh and, poor guy um, sometimes yeah he just can't transform back so he's he's there with his like ears and tail so it's pretty cute Oh my gosh, that's so cute. <laughs> this is this is all appealing to me because uh, in case you guys didn't know, but wolves are actually my favorite animals. <laughs> so, so the second I heard like wolf and then now you're telling me like his ears and tails are staying, he can't transform back. I'm like, yes, yes, that is adorable. <laughs> so, oh man, I like what I like. <laughs> Stop laughing at me, Jack! <laughs> Uh, it's just you're just hilarious Gracie I just think of you know that presentation you put it was uh, it just makes me laugh (laughs) well I was going to say we have been slowly getting more of these adaptations of manhwas and um, from you know like Chinese or if it's Korean stuff like that but most Mm. of them have been very action oriented if I am accurate like just thinking about it yeah you i think you're definitely right on that and isabel did mention that's kind of why she wanted to see this one in particular too um and like the two that i rapid fire mentioned actually like one of them actually has like a lot of action to it and then the other one was like definitely more of like a romantic drama so it's like 
I'm very curious to see if they ever will end up adapting something that's a little slower, like something like Isabel suggested or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And how, you said it was very short, Isabel, like, how many chapters was it? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember, but I still have it in my apps. I remember, okay, I say it's short, but it's probably longer. (laughs) But also, to be fair, like, manhwa chapters are generally shorter in terms of, like, reading time for most um, Oh, really? Compared to manga. Depends on what webcomic it is, but in my experience, they're I, I have a I take a I take longer reading kind of a full length manga chapter than I would a full length like uh, Korean or Chinese webcomic. Oh, okay. I, well, you as you guys probably could tell or people listening, I don't usually read <laughs> these source materials, so I'm like I don't know. This is new information for Grace me. Grace so. doesn't know how to read. She just writes. <laughs> yes, I don't know how to read, but I do know how to write, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's about 138 chapters with some epilogues. So yeah, relatively short, I would say. It's not something that's super long and ongoing, and the chapters themselves are pretty pretty small. Mm-hmm. Well, I say all of our requests get adapted ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would absolutely love all of these requests. We all had, we, had, we all had pretty different air, like sections of stuff, which is to be expected, but also always nice. I, something I am seeing sort of a similarity between all of our picks is that there's a lot of romance stuff that we would like to see. Well, I guess not uh, Isabel's light novel pick, though. That one sounds really cute. Um, but but I feel like romance as a whole has just been like where it's just the main focus, like that more slice of life sort of romance thing. I don't know. I, cause I always think back to how, like when we were younger, our anime, there was a lot of like shoujo-esque, like even if it isn't a shoujo anime adaptations, it still has that sort of atmosphere and feeling. Like a lot of that, a lot of those animes are no longer, or a lot of those stories are no longer getting adapted. And I always theorize or suspect it has to do with the fact that the after the anime community grew, it started to skew a lot more towards guys, as in there's, like, a lot more guys in the community. So they started focusing more on, like, stories that they would think stereotypical guys would be into, which is why we started to see, like, a drop in these sort of anime adaptations and a huge spike in, like, very shonen-esque stories. But... That's just my theory. I would just like to have them back is all I would like to say. So, Yeah, totally agree with you there. Well, in that case, I think we have wrapped up all the source materials we would like to see adapted into anime. Uh, for everyone listening, let us know if you find, you know, our choices interesting, whether you would like to see them as an anime series as well. I sure hope you do, since we have passionately just talked about it for about like 50 so or more minutes. But let us also know of your source materials that you would like to see adapted into anime as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening once again. Um, And I hope you will be with us next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Later, y'all.